the name of our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Over and over again, we sing these words, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Why do we do this? Why do we do this over and over again? or other versions of it, like we did in the last stanza of the hymn. Because we have the true God who saves us and has made us his own, and to him we are eternally grateful. We confess him as our own and praise his name. So we do in the Athanasian Creed. While it might seem a bit difficult, the creed flows from our overwhelming thanks and desire to remain in Christ Jesus. Let me illustrate. Over the years, uh, I've had this experience. I imagine a lot of pastors have had this experience. The church member, I'm going to give him the name Stan, is in the hospital. He's recovering from surgery, and I go to visit him. Stan is so happy to see me and happy that he is finally feeling a little bit better. He wants to tell me in detail how bad he's feeling and in detail what the surgeon did the hospital staff has been doing, and he's so happy that he wants to show me the whole scar across his belly. So that's what he does. He has a sense of thankfulness, so he wants to share all that he can about the whole process. From thankfulness and happiness and praise, he does this. From thankfulness and happiness and praise, we confess the Athanasian Creed. It's the longest, most explicit creed of the Christian church. There are elements that might confuse and perplex members. To really appreciate the creed, know it is confessed by those who are overwhelmingly thankful that they are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and they know Christ as the Son of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To confess this creed is to confess with joy, and also desire to be protected from all that would take us away from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This creed was first confessed when the identity of the true God and the nature of Christ Jesus were under vicious attack. When God is so gracious as to reveal himself to you and to save you from sin, death, and hell, and to promise eternal life with him, you do not want to reject him or reject anything that he has revealed to you about himself. In fact, you want to confess it with joy and thankfulness. And so it is with this thought in mind, we hear the words, Who desires, whoever desires to be saved must above all hold the Catholic faith. Whoever does not keep it whole and undefiled will without doubt perish eternally. Then also at the end of the discussion, the nature of the Trinity, we have these words. Therefore, whoever desires to be saved must think thus about the Trinity. But it's also necessary for our everlasting salvation that one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have a good God, a God who desires to save sinners. And that's what he do does. And we're so thankful for it. Now this exposition of who God is and what he has done is really um, kind of reflection of what God has, has revealed in his word earlier in the Old Testament.
In Exodus, there comes a Pharaoh who does not know Joseph, enslaves the people of Israel. They cry to the Lord, free us from our slavery. God desires to save them. So this good and gracious God appears to Moses in the burning bush. He ordains Moses to set his people free. And Moses, to be clear, says, what's your name? Who shall I say, say to his people has sent me? Then God says, I am who I am. Say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And then he says, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I'm to be remembered throughout all generations. God not only tells his name, but clarifies his name further, okay, like a creed, to remind his people that he is the God of the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a permanent covenant of salvation. So when the Athanasian Creed goes into the depth about the unity of God, as well as the nature of each person in the Trinity, the Creed is only expressing what God has revealed in his word as to who he is, so that we would indeed know and to be faithful to the one true God who saves us by grace. Now, we Lutherans have other antennae when we confess his Creed. We've been taught very faithfully, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. We know that scripture says in Romans chapter three, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. And yet you hear in this creed, and those who've done good will enter into eternal life, and those who've done evil into eternal fire. As a Lutheran pastor, almost annually, somebody has asked me about this line, but there's no contradiction at all. Actually, what the creed is doing is paraphrasing Jesus' words of John 5. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out, those who've done good to the resurrection of life and those who've done evil to the resurrection of judgment. But you cannot hear these words of John chapter 5 without the important words of John chapter 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And the word of Jesus in John chapter six, then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Salvation is indeed by grace alone, through faith alone in Jesus Christ. And we Christians just love to talk about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we love to talk about Jesus. God has revealed so much to us in his word, and with thankfulness we confess this creed. We confess this creed not because of its own assertions on its own. We confess this creed because it reflects the assertions God has made of himself in the Holy Scriptures. From the richness of God's word given to us for us and for our salvation, we confess our joyful eternal hope in the one true God and in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. We confess the creeds with thankfulness and praise derived from the salvation revealed to us and for us through the Holy Scriptures. 
These scriptures include all of our lessons today, which reveal to us the mystery of the Holy Trinity, the one true God who is gracious and merciful to us sinners. Our gospel lesson today actually is quite helpful. The words of Jesus to understand the relationship of the Father and the Son, but also the unique nature of the Son and what it means that he is the incarnate one. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus says these words, our father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old and have you seen Abraham? See, these Jews see Jesus, he's a man. And they know that he is a Jewish man. He's gotta be less than 50 years old. We don't know quite his birth date, but actually Jesus at this time was in his early 30s. And Jesus then makes this even bolder statement. Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. These Jews knew exactly what Jesus was asserting. He was asserting that he is the God of Abraham and Moses, therefore the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that he is the God who reveals himself to Moses in the burning bush, and therefore, not only is the promise Christ, but he is the one who made the promise of his own coming to Abraham and to Moses. This is indeed a bold assertion of being God. And of course, we know that Jesus is God. In order to fully appreciate this word, before Abraham was, I am, remember that God came to Abram and Abram did not know the true God, and God gave him a promise, a covenant that he would give him a land, give him offspring as numerous as the sands on the seashore, and that from Abraham would come the promised Christ, the savior of mankind. Here Jesus is asserting rightfully that he is the God who makes promises to Abraham, and now he is keeping them. He is God in the flesh, the promised Christ. He is asserting that he is the one who called Moses to rescue Israel from the bondage of slavery when he spoke from the burning bush. And now he, in his incarnation, his death and his resurrection, is the same God who rescued Israel from the bondage of slavery. And in saying that before Abraham was, I am, he is asserting that he is the eternal God of the universe quite a statement about the nature of Christ. We have a God who saves. He is incarnate and he confesses the eternal nature. He confesses that he is a gracious and merciful God who now keeps his promises to sinner. So when you confess the Athanasian Creed, we do this every Trinity Sunday. You're not just saying some blank words. You're saying words developed by the church from its salvation for the sake of the glory of the Holy Trinity and our Lord Jesus Christ and because of the joy of eternal salvation. It's a confession of truth. Doctrine is truth. We cannot be afraid of doctrine because we have a God who saves. To delve deeply into the truth of God's word and to confess it back to him and to the world is exactly what our world needs today. 
you see the outside world confessing a totally false truth, especially this month. We need to be bold in this world to confess faith in triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Faith in the incarnate one, Jesus Christ. Rather than ignoring doctrine, we Christians know that doctrine is good and it shows who God is and who Christ Jesus is. Here's a quote from the author David Mills. Doctrine, in other words, is like light. The more of it you have, the better you can see. Those who insist on all these elaborate and complex doctrines merely prefer walking in the full light of day to groping about and stumbling through the gloom. We want to know not just God is love, which can mean nearly anything, but that the second person, the Trinity, died for our sins and still rose from the dead. The first does not help us to see. The second is the light by which we can see where we ought to go. It is, if you will, the light unto our past. Today you confess to creed because you have the light of Christ. You are the saved ones. This is what God has done for you. You are the ones who now know the true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know the incarnate one, Jesus Christ, crucified and risen for you. You have a God who saves, a God who promises, a God who gives. And we praise and we confess his holy name. Amen.